And now, Lord, we come to your word once again. Father, speak to us, and may we be encouraged and challenged, and may we leave different than when we came, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'll take your Bibles with me, <clears throat> we're doing a short series in the book of Philemon. So if you'll turn to Philemon, the book of Philemon, together, <clears throat> one chapter. Only one chapter, shortest epistle of the Apostle Paul. And uh, I'm titling the series Philemon's Fire. As as I was going over the book, that's what popped into my head. Because we're going to find some things out about a man named Philemon who was a tremendous faithful servant of the Lord in the church at Colossae. A friend of the Apostle Paul and someone who the Apostle Paul actually led to Christ as Paul was in Colossae and gave the gospel. Uh, This man Philemon had come to know Christ through Paul and his preaching. But we're going to find out something about this man because Paul's. this is one of the few letters where Paul is writing directly to a personal friend and asking a request. He's not writing to a whole church, entire church. But this is a very personal letter. And uh, I call it Philemon's fire because he is going to, Paul is going to challenge him in his life or exhort him to do the right thing, to do something that maybe goes against what Philemon is feeling, what the norm would be in a situation that he's in, and we're going to find out more details about that as well. But you know, the trials and the fiery furnace that comes into our life, it's not always all the, you know, just the great sickness. Or, or cancer, or something else, or a loss of a loved one. You know that sometimes there are trials that will come, and they're fiery to us. Other people may know. Well, I don't see much of a problem there, but but we're going to see that. That I think we're going to take courage that that through uh, whatever kind of of suffering and trial it may be. It's, it's big to us. It's big to us. And it tests our faith and it tests our love. And that's exactly what's going to happen here with this man, Philemon. The interesting thing is we never know what Philemon ended up doing through this fiery trial that, that he's been going through. But it especially becomes more of a fiery trial after he received Paul's letter. So, but the... Paul was writing this while he was in a Roman prison. Many of you know the background of this letter. But Paul wrote it from the Roman prison. Timothy was with Paul at this time he was writing the letter. And, uh, and so uh, we're going to see here uh, Paul speaking, or sending a letter to this man Philemon there in Colossae. So let's look at verses 1 and 2 together. Verses 1 and 2. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, 
and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. He starts off his letter, Paul, by defining himself as a what? Prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that his other letters to the churches, uh, Paul had used his title, Apostle. Paul the Apostle writes to you, greetings. You don't see any of that here. You don't see Paul throwing up his doctorate up there or all his credentials as, a, as, as an apostle. This is friend to friend. And what does he call himself? He says, this is what I am. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In his other epistles, anytime he mentions Christ, he says he's a, a, a Christ's servant. But here he calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And of course, that's part of the, uh, uh, the surroundings he's in. He's in a Roman prison. And so he's there not as a prisoner of Rome, but he's as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He knows, Paul knows, that Jesus put him there. That it, the suffering he was going through in the prison, it was because he was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore he wasn't a prisoner of Rome, but he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I think just that alone should encourage us to, when we look at, at what kind of prison we may find ourselves in. You know, all of a sudden we find ourselves, you know, uh, you know uh, suddenly we see, feel locked in and, and, and we, we feel like we can't make a decision or something's happened in our life or we're, we're confined. And it's easy to complain and say, yeah, I'm a prisoner at home. You know, when the COVID was hitting and, and all that was going on, we were all prisoners at home, you know. And it, it was so easy to complain and, and to say, Lord, you know, I, I don't understand this. Well, why don't you just remove it or let me get out of the house? But here, if, if we had this kind of a, a view that I and you are prisoners of the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what happens, I have to consider myself his prisoner. I'm under his sovereign control. And so here, the Apostle Paul he, he uh, starts out by saying, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on. He says, and Timothy, our brother. Timothy, our brother. He, <clears throat> he's adding Timothy here because, again, Timothy is in Rome when Paul was writing this. Timothy was uh, Paul's assistant for many of his epistles. And he often traveled with Paul, and he, he, he knew Philemon. And so uh, this letter is not from Timothy, but, but Paul adds Timothy. And notice what he calls Timothy, our brother. Our brother in, in Christ, of course. And then he says who he's writing to. To Philemon, 
And then he describes him this way, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, fellow laborer, to Philemon. We, know, we don't know a lot about Philemon other than the few verses that we have in this letter, but Philemon, no doubt, was a Gentile. He was from Colossae, so he was a Colossian, and his name is Greek. So he was a Greek living in Colossae when he heard the gospel that Paul brought. He was saved and he became, uh, a, he became a, a believer in Jesus Christ. And notice Paul refers to him first as a beloved brother, just like he did Timothy. You're a beloved brother. It's a, 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 an affectionate term, beloved brother. Basically, what, what he's doing to, is as he writes this letter, and imagine Philemon reading this, you know, that I'm, wow, Paul's considering me a brother, of course, a brother in Christ, and then he also refers to Timothy as a brother. So he's basically saying, Philemon, I'm writing this letter because we're all in the family. We're all in this together. And, and uh, you are a beloved brother. You know, we love you very much. And then he uses the term a fellow worker or fellow laborer. Here we find when the Apostle Paul used this term, it was usually someone who was involved in ministry. And we know that, that this man Philemon was involved in ministry. How do we know that? Where do you, what do you see that uh, would tell us that he's involved in the ministry in the church? There at the end of verse 2, Paul was writing to, to Philemon's family, and at the very end of verse 2, and to the church in where? Your house. The church in your house. So Philemon is the one that opened his house and the church that was founded there came to, he must have been a wealthy man, had large accommodations to hold, hold their services and meetings. And so the church was in his house, not a church building like this. And um, I just was so proud of, of Nick this morning and the way he brought the word. And he was just, uh, he, he said everything so graciously and, and uh, you know, and, and, and yet, you know, it, it's, it struck home, but it, he talked about commitment. But I love the way he talked about the early church. It, the early church didn't have buildings like this. Where were the churches? They were in the houses. They were in the homes. When so, someone would say, I have a large enough house, let's meet here. And I know folk in our church, there are uh, many of you, those of you who have the facilities at your home to have a gathering of, uh, for a church function or something like that, or fellowship, you've opened up your home. I think of Sophie Light. You know, uh, probably if we didn't have this church, we'd be meeting on her hill, maybe. She is one of those ones that has opened up her home and the fellowship, it's been big enough, and we've had our baptismal services. And then the mansion, not to speak of the mansion, that she, uh, she opens up and serves uh, for there as well in the name of the Lord. So here, 
Philemon is considered a beloved brother and a fellow worker. Then we come to verse 2. Okay, so that's a little something we know about Philemon. We'll know a little more as we go on. Verse 2, Paul says, And to Aphia, our sister. And to Aphia, our, our sister, uh, <clears throat> or beloved sister. This was probably, most good Bible scholars believe this was probably his wife. He wouldn't have put a woman right next to Philemon's name. So as a beloved sister. So we think that this, Paul is addressing Philemon's family because he's talking about their house. So it's Philemon. He's got a beloved Christian wife, Aphia, who, who he mentions here. And then another person. And to Archippus, our fellow soldier. And here... Though it's, we're not told exactly who he is, uh, most, again, good Bible teachers and scholars believe that this was their son, Philemon and Aphia's son, Archippus. And notice those are all Greek names. So no doubt this ha- he was addressing the family too, saying, you know, uh, <clears throat> this, this letter is to you and to your family and to the entire church too. You know, and then verse 3 is his salutation. He, he then uh, basically, it's instead of just saying greetings, for look at verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And here, he just basically mentions those, uh, some of the two, well, the two greatest words uh, that we could use uh, as believers that we find in Scripture, that we experience and can wish upon one another. First is grace, the grace of God, and secondly is the peace of God. And so this is what, the, the, this is what Paul is praying for, as he writes this letter. So he says, grace to you and peace from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So now we come to verse 4. We're going going to find uh, out some more about the character now of Philemon. Look at verse verse 4 together. Verse 4. I thank my God always making mention of you in my prayers. So first he says, I thank God always making mention of you in my prayers. And we heard that tonight, that many of you are praying for one another. You know that others are praying for you. And there's no greater encouragement, is there, than when someone comes to you and out of the clear blue, maybe you don't even know them that well, but they just... Say, I'm, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. That's some of the most comforting words we could ever hear from, some, from another brother or sister in Christ. I'm praying for you in, in whatever the situation is. And so basically he's saying that. I mention you in my prayers. I thank God always for you and make mention of you in my prayers. And now Paul 
gives reasons why he makes mention of him in his prayers. Look at verse 5. Because I hear of your love and the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. He makes it clear here that that he's heard, he's, he, he has heard of Philemon's reputation. It has gone before him. Notice he says, because I've heard of your love. Philemon, I'm writing this letter, and, and I thank God. I'm praying for you all the time because I heard of what kind of love you have. The love and the faith which you have, first, toward the Lord Jesus, and secondly, toward all saints. Can there be a greater compliment or, or testament to a person's, a Christian's character than this? I don't think there is. If someone says, I've heard of your love. I mean, that, I, th- I think that, that to me is, is the, would be the most honoring statement. Because that person... If I am living out the love of Christ and I'm loving with the love of Christ as I should be and loving the brethren, loving the hurting, those who are sick and trying to just uh, be there and and just be a a loving brother or sister in Christ here. This This was his reputation in the church and it got out of the church and was spreading. It's like people said, have you ever met Philemon? You know, and I know there are people in our church who have, many of you, have demonstrated that same love. So when someone talks about you or mentions your name, it's amazing how often I will hear someone talk about your care, your compassion, your love for them or for others. And I, and I think uh, this, is, uh, this is so crucial for us because... It not only sends, um, sends a message out to the, the local church, the body of Christ here, but it sends a message out to the world. If somebody is talking about us to somebody else out there who may not know the Lord. And Jesus said, by this shall all men know that what? You are my disciples if you have love one for another. And that's what Philemon was doing. He had love for one another, for the body of Christ. And his faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ was so strong and toward the saints. And then verse 6, look at verse 6. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. The fellowship of your faith. Here he once again brings forth the character of Philemon and basically says, I pray that the fellowship of your faith, you know, the faith that you have and the fellowship with others, may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. In other words, he's saying, I pray it's going to just keep overflowing in your life. I pray that it's going to keep 
You're, you're just going to be continue to be used of the Lord. You'll, you'll, you'll continue to love and, and show the faith you have in Christ and, and that, that the church might continue to be blessed by you. What a statement of, of the character of this, this man. But you know, we, we see that he, he is going to be, um, he is going to soon be asked to do something by the Apostle Paul. And uh, tonight we are basically uh, looking at verses 1 through 7. You can basically break this, this letter up into three sections, okay? And that's what we're going to do. This first section concerns Philemon. The second section, verses 8, uh, 8 through 21, is going to concern a fellow by the name of Onesimus. And again, most of you know the story. You've studied this book before. That basically this is all centers around this Onesimus who was a slave in the house of Philemon who stole something, escaped out of the house, and, and took off. They don't know where he is. Slave traders are out there trying to find him, and he, he ends up in Rome. And then that's where this Onesimus, who was a runaway slave from Philemon's house, suddenly finds the gospel. He meets Paul, and Paul leads him to Christ. We don't know how or the circumstances, but he becomes a Christian. And this is going to be, because this young man, this Onesimus, this slave, came to know Christ, this is where the the Philemon's fire begins. Because now he is faced with a dilemma. He's going to be faced with something because now he is going to have to, Paul is going to challenge him to deal with Onesimus as a brother in Christ. And I think this, uh, as we go on in our study, this is really going to hit home for, for many of us in our relationships with other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Or maybe those who in our family didn't know the Lord and then they, they suddenly uh, came to know Christ. And so they're trying to, now, now they trusted Christ and now we've got to receive them as a brother or sister in Christ. It might have been uh, someone who was an enemy to you or someone you didn't like or someone who hurt you deeply and suddenly they came to the Lord or they came back to the Lord and now you've got to deal with them again. And you, we, we've got to make decisions. How am I going to handle my relationship with this person? Because I don't like them. Or I don't, want to, I, you know, I don't want anything to do with them anymore. But Paul is going to hit home. And this is going to be Philemon's fire. Because he's going to have to battle with this tremendous decision as a... As the center of the church, he's, uh, you know, one of the, no doubt, an elder in the church. And so he, he's well-respected. We read about his character here. And, and so, uh, but the, the dilemma is coming up. The, the fire 
a fiery trial in this way. You know, it's not persecution or anything like that, but a different type of fire Philemon's going to face. But then look at verse 7 as we close here, our study, opening study tonight. Verse 7. Paul goes on and then says, For I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. Have been refreshed through you, brother. Wow, what a statement, a concluding statement about the character of this man, Philemon, who's going to be tested. Here it is. Paul says, this great apostle, he says, I've got such joy and comfort in your love. I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love. Notice he mentions the word love again. This guy had, this Philemon had the love of Christ flowing out of him all the time. And so Paul is just reminding him that Paul knows. Paul's heard, Paul's seen it, and he says, you bring me such joy and comfort in your love because, and now he talks about the church, the little church at Colossae, and no doubt other Christians beyond that, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. I have to ask myself, have I ever heard anybody say to me, um, you've refreshed the saints? I've never, never heard that term before. But I'm, I'm a, what we see here in Philemon, Paul says, you are a refresher of the saints. What a word. Think of the word refreshment. On a hot day, hot summer day, right? And, and you're, you're sweating and, and maybe you've been working outside and you come in and you can't wait for that cold soda or cold water and it just refreshes you all over. This is what the Lord would have of each one of us. Just to be like Philemon, to be a refresher of the saints. And I can tell you, looking out here, and I think of the other folk in our church, there are so many refreshers. You have refreshed me and my family over and over and over again. Through the wonderful gift that you, this church family, you folk have given to us recently, that love gift, you refresh us with that. You refresh me as, as a shepherd over the flock as, as you leave Sunday mornings or I get to talk to you, other, you know, outside the church or visit with you. You have refreshed my heart again and again and again. Many of you are just like Philemon. This, this character uh, witness could be said of so many of you here tonight, and I thank you for that. I want to thank you on behalf of, of our family. But as we leave here tonight, say, let's say, Lord, this week, help me to love with your love that others may know of this and hear of my love, that it's genuine, that I will love the brothers and sisters in Christ no matter what, no matter how they treat me, And secondly, that I would be a refresher of the saints. And just think how God will expand your ministry 
as we can seek to live that way with the power of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this beautiful account, Lord, of this man, Philemon. Father, we've seen a man here who the Apostle Paul held in such high esteem because he was producing the fruits of the Spirit. Father, may those fruits continue to be seen in us. May we love with your love this week. And may we seek to be a refresher of the saints, those saints who are maybe hurting and downtrodden, Lord, and just need lifting up and encouragement. May we be that voice to encourage them and to refresh their souls. And we'll thank you as we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.